0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her League of Extraordinary Women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom. And I am so excited that you're here with us today. Listen, my voice is probably very hoarse. I have been talking all day. I had an amazing interview today with two girls. I keep calling them girls because they look so young. Two women who are the first Black women in America to ever own a crystal mine. So you know the pretty crystals, amethyst and topaz, and they actually own a mine. And how they got it is the most remarkable story. I'm so inspired by their conversation. So there went my voice. Plus, I recorded a YouTube video. Yes, I'm hitting these YouTube streets. I'm going to upload the audios of the podcast as YouTube is now taking on podcasting as a platform. And I'm going to be talking about branding. I love branding and marketing and all things business, so it's going to be more centered around business. So I can leave the podcast for the storytelling and the incredible interviews that you all love, and I'll just center my business over there on YouTube. I'm open for consulting and having conversations because I know that the reason that... Before I get deep into this, listen... Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and please continue to do so. This is a mission for me personally to have Black women tell their stories, especially Gen X Black women and older, because our stories are not archived like previous generations. We don't talk about stuff. Gen X, I know, we don't talk about things. And so it's important that not only are the women sharing the stories, but I want as many people as possible to hear the stories. And so I want to give a shout out to people all over the world that are listening from Germany to South Africa, Europe, is Germany and Europe. I feel like I need to take class. <laughs> oh, Eastern Europe. That's Eastern Europe, but Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Asia, South America, Canada, and all across the United States. St. Louis, Atlanta, New York, California, Georgia. I guess Atlanta is Georgia. Can you tell I'm tired? I'm thinking of cities and states at the same time. I'm trying to remember my analytics when I last looked at it. But anyway, everybody who's listening from all over the place, I want to say thank you. And I would appreciate if you would just tweet, text this out to two or three of your friends and just let them know how much you love the podcast. I think that it's better with... Us as Black women is if we share through community opposed to anything else. That's one thing we talked about in the conversation today about the importance of women entrepreneurs working together as a community because they lock us out of everything. So again, we have to do everything on our own and it's better together. It just is. I wanted to come on and talk today. There was a couple of serious issues I want to talk about. Some of you know, if you're not on my email list, you can go to my Instagram page and go to the link in my bio, and there's a link to get on the email page, because I give a lot of information there, more stuff than I do on here. But I am in college right now. I never thought I'd be saying that. (laughs) I was always the, I don't need college girl. And you know what? It's interesting because I'm getting a, I'm studying women's entrepreneurship at Cornell University. And a lot of the stuff I already knew, but it's really helping me think about my business and making me delve into the research of business. And it's really interesting to hear the perspectives of of different women on their journey. People that are very successful are on here. And I'm like, you all are getting Learning about women's entrepreneurship, and I think that across the board, women are less supported in business than other groups of people, and less than that, less than white women are Hispanic women, and less than Hispanic women are Black women, and it's really interesting because I've talked to several entrepreneurs on this podcast from Rain Bayak, who owns a restaurant, who's had a restaurant for 14 years, started with $200, and has just built a great community. Sita Lewis, who has Miracle Buttercream, she's an entrepreneur. She has built a million-dollar business on her own, self-funded, and other great women. And I just talked to two women today, and the, sa- the conversation is the same across the board. And I'm talking across from people from California to New York to the middle of the country. The conversation is the same that black women are not getting funding. And there are some alternative fundings happening or there are companies and you'll see them, you know, splash all over their social media. We have funding opportunities, but the funding opportunities are so little compared to what other people get. So the funding opportunities will be grant money, but it's a small pot of money that all people of color are going for. So that makes it very challenging when it comes time to things that happen like the pandemic. And a lot of companies who are doing the funding won't fund you unless you already have money. (laughs) It's like, well, we'll just give you that extra edge over the top. So when you're filling out for these grants and you're going through all the motions to get the money, unless you're doing specific things that they are looking to give generous amounts of money. If you're on the other side of it, you are not, you're self-funded. So you eat what you make. And that's the nature of the game. Even if you're a restaurant, i looked at some stats because I've been doing a lot of research. Restaurants, 30% of restaurants did not make it through the pandemic. And I'm talking about popular restaurants, not, you know, little mom and pop places. These are the big guys didn't make it because at the end of the day, they might be bringing a lot of money in, but they have a lot of expenses. And then they said hair salons, over 30% of hair salons closed down because of the pandemic, because who was actually getting their hair done? You know, I, I can write novels about the last two years I spent as a hairstylist. It was hell. Love my clients, but it was, it was hell. <laughs> which is why I'm not doing it now. And I'm not saying that the pandemic took me out, but it took me out. It just did. Emotionally, mentally, it took me out. It was a lot. And I, I made a clear decision that, I'm just going to say Beyonce made me do it. No, she did <laughs> Beyonce made me quit my job. That's what she said in her song. But I, I will say that the slow downness of it all, really, you know, it just makes you think about life. And I always ask the question, this is how I make decisions. Is this how I want to live my life for the next five years? And if the answer is yes, I go deeper. And if the answer is no, I make an exit strategy. That is how I have lived my life for the last 20 years. And it has, when I'm clear about it, it's a great decision for me. So I'm saying all that to say, listen to the podcast, share the podcast, share the information and support the women because most of the people on here are, they're either in theater arts or they're entrepreneurs, but theater and arts is kind of entrepreneurship, just a little bit different. They have a lot more funding in the arts, but at the end of the day, go buy some Miracle (laughs) Buttercream. Go buy some love and magic from Sweet Art, and I'm not making a dime off of them. I just want everybody to support everybody because the more we give to our own, the more that we will grow. And here's the thing, we have got to become autonomous of all the BS. (laughs) We have to have our own ecosystem that feeds itself. I remember years ago, I went to Bermuda and I went for a jazz festival they had every year and it was a beautiful jazz festival, but a dear friend of mine, his girlfriend lived there. And so I told her I was coming and the last minute she was like, well, come stay with me. Okay. So I bought her a ticket to the jazz festival. I stayed at her house. We had the best time. And what I learned about their economics in Bermuda is your company has to be owned 51% by a Bermudian. So all of their businesses were small businesses. And when I tell you now, Bermuda is not in the Caribbean. It is off. It's about an hour and a half flight off of the Carolinas. So it's not down by the Bahamas and all of the islands, the Caribbean. It's its own entity. I don't even know if they consider themselves Caribbean because it's not in the Caribbean. It's like right off of America. But it's a British colony. So literally they have one McDonald's on the island. And every restaurant, every place you go is owned by a Bermudian. And what happens is, you know, we talked we talk about this when the conversations around Black Wall Street happens. The money circulates within the community. So if I'm buying a light bulb, I'm buying it from a Black person. And then they, in turn, take that money and then they go buy their groceries from a Black person. And then those groceries, and then they go to the only thing. That wasn't where the banking systems, but they had been there. But once the law was initiated, like there's only one McDonald's on the island because fast food places can't come. And I think, who is it? What's his name? Martin Sheen might own a liquor company down there, but his wife, I think, is Bermudian. I'm not sure. I'm probably getting all the names wrong, but there's a famous person that has a liquor company there, but their spouse or family member is Bermudian. So you're dealing with nothing but entrepreneurs and small businesses. And when I tell you those people have money, <laughs> it is not a poor country at all. And they don't get hit from the hurricanes and it's beautiful and it's serene. It's all the things. I'm talking about I need to go back. But anyway, so I say all that to say support the women, listen, share, support me, listen, share. And, you know, it's really an honor and a joy to bring this podcast to you all every week. It's a lot of work, but I love it. Absolutely love it. Because like I said, my mission is to have Black women who've done these incredible things, who've been on this earth for a while to share their stories. And the last series we did, Black Women Thriving, I talked to some millennial women and women who had, because I... I don't know if I just said this. I've been talking all day, so I don't know when I said what. But 40% of Black women are said to be leaving corporate America. And it's not, it's for the lack of opportunity, it's for the lack of money. When you look at equal pay day, equal pay for Black women, equal pay for men comes at the beginning of the year, right? And white women, it comes, I think, in early spring. But for black women to make the same amount of money that a white man makes, equal pay date is in September. Last year was in August. So incomes are reducing. And with this whole piece of the affirmative action piece, people are getting rid of diversity and equity programs. And so what that means is that there's not going to be a push for equity in these companies. So... At the end of the day, we have to create our own ecosystems. You know, but if you know of a billionaire that needs a wife, I'm available. (laughs) Listen. I'm going to go do like Janet Jackson did and go get me one of those black men from Qatar. (laughs) But I wanted to just say... And I don't know why I'm on this right now, but I really I, it, it feels like I'm I've been holding this conversation in because I wanted to share it with you all first before I really took it out into the public, but the thing about going to school and doing this research as I'm building my consulting company, the timing of me doing this class, this program is perfect because now I can go through every avenue of my business and say, okay, what is missing? What do I need to do? Where am I good at? And I'm tight. But it's causing me to do research because you have to show your work and everything. It's not just, oh, I think this or I think this. They literally want you to research. I was researching black women for one of the sections. And here's the thing there's no data on us, people know our consumption data. Advertisers know that. They know what we like to buy, what we like to consume because we are huge consumers. We have like a 1.5 trillion dollar spending. Okay, you know, just like that's the amount of money that we spend. So we are huge consumers. That's why, you know, people think, "Oh my god, people are so conscious and they're so woke and they they're really helping black people." No. No they're not. <laughs> ain't no black people spend a lot of money, right? Black people spend a lot of money. I feel like I'm talking really loud. Black people spend a lot of money. And so they they like money. Because at the end of the day, if, if we stop spending money, watch the advertising go away. Watch the support go away. Let black people stop going to Target. <laughs> All those shelves of black products, they will not be supporting them. They just won't. It's about the dollar, And we all need to continue to remember that when we are out consuming and who we're consuming products from. So maybe instead of buying your beauty supply from Target, your things from Target or Sephora, go directly to Black women-owned companies and get the product from them. It might not be as convenient, but if you're at Amazon every day, you can click over to a different website. (sighs) Yes, I love Amazon too, but I do buy my Black products from Black people. Anyway, so as I was doing my research and I was looking for data on black women that did not have to do with consumption, I came across this article from the Yale School of Medicine. And it literally, I know I say that a lot, it stopped me in my tracks. And I promise you, I'm going to end this podcast on a good note. I promise you. (laughs) It stopped me in my tracks because the title of the article is, I took notes, so you probably hear them in the background. But it says Black women excluded from critical studies due to weathering. I had to look up what weathering meant. And it meant exactly what I thought it meant. I thought maybe it was a medical term. But you know how they say a chair is weathered, meaning it's it's worn out. So according to the article, it says weathered by a lifetime of racial discrimination. Race, According to this article, this hypothesis, This article says that black women are aging quicker because of racial discrimination. Now, the media will have us think that it's because of our weight or we don't do this or we don't do that. But nobody's ever putting into account the racism that we have to deal with every day, which is why you see so many women leaving corporate America. People are can't take it anymore. I remember when I was doing a talk show on Clubhouse. It was me and two other Black women. And there was a lady that came on, and she was in distress. And she worked in D.C. And she, you know how, you, I don't know if anybody listens to Clubhouse, but you brought them to the stage. I don't know how you have a stage while on audio. <laughs> but she was talking about how five of her coworkers who were 60 within the last two years, had died for no reason that they knew about. And her conclusion was because of stress. Okay? Because of stress. Now, when I went further into the article, it said that two of of all the doctors, 14% black people are 14% of the population. But black doctors are only two to eight percent of the medical population, right? And then professors are only zero to eight percent of the professors' population, the academic population. And those numbers were staggering because everybody's doing all this DEI work. Like, what is it? Was it less ten years ago, or people just having class and going on about their merry way? I don't know. I was supposed to have an expert on, but we just could not get our schedule together because I really want to have this conversation with somebody who's in that work. So if you know anybody, just hit me up on the Instagram who's actually working in the field and has not just read a book about it. Like, I want somebody who's been in it for years who is a true expert. And then it talked about how Black women get heart disease five years earlier than Hispanic women. And get insulin resistance 11 years before other women. 11 years earlier. So because of this weathering and the fact that we're aging quicker, they're just not including us in the studies. They're like, what's the point? And this is Yale School of Medicine. I was just like, well, don't we deserve to be studied? Is there, you know, all this anti-aging and reverse reverse your age? Like, we don't deserve that conversation either because you'd have to talk about racism. If it was a conversation about the water, they would talk about it. It would be environmental, right? If it was a conversation about our food, they don't even care about that. We have food deserts. If it was a conversation about pollution, It'd be an environmental question, conversation. Racism should also be an environmental conversation. It should be right in there because if we're talking about environment and what our environment is doing to us, racism is also part of that conversation, right? So I start all that to say. <laughs> Listen, we I'm working on bringing people who are healers, to this conversation, we have a woman coming in. She's going to be released. I was going to do a podcast episode, release her this week, but I'll release her next week. But she's a shaman and she talks about how she went to the doctor over and over again. They could not figure out what her pain was. So she went outside of the traditional medical system and a shaman or a shaman found her. I don't know how it happened. I don't remember how it happened. She, she says it in the interview. And with simple treatments with this woman and a couple of questions, she said she hasn't had pain since then. And she had had debilitating pain for years. So that says a lot about they don't study us. It explains the the maternal deaths that are happening. It explains the misdiagnoses that are happening. It explains a lot of things. Because we are different. And how? You're like, Monica, we're the same. It's all biology. But you know what? You don't treat a cat, and I'm not comparing us to animals, but you don't treat a cat the same way you treat a dog. There's something different. But they still have four legs, two eyes, a tail, all the things. But there's something a little different. I remember a client came in, and she went to a doctor. She's super fair-skinned. And her doc- the doctor she went to was Caribbean. So to her, to me she didn't, but to her she looked like a white woman. So she did all of her numbers and all of her stats and said, okay, well, here are your numbers. Well, she looked at her paperwork. She said, oh, no, she said we were having a conversation. She said she was on her way to the hairdresser and she was going to get a relaxer. And she looked at her and said, you're going to get a relaxer? What do you mean? You get relaxers? She said, don't most black people get relaxers? And the woman said, this is a physician, told her she had to redo all of her numbers because it was different for white women than it was black women. So I say all that to say, you can go to the Yale School of Medicine and look up this article and read it for yourself. It's called... Black women excluded from critical studies due to weathering and read it for yourself and then go through that website and put in the search and then black women and you'll be amazed at what you come up. This is Yale University. So this is not some side university that's a little sketchy. This is Yale. (laughs) So here's the thing. We have to be very diligent about the doctors that we choose. We have to be very diligent where we spend our money and our time. We have to be very diligent about the environments that we put ourselves in. Because as black women, they're trying to erase us. And I don't just mean our history. So I promise this will go on in on a good note. (laughs) I hope you're still here with me. But here's the thing. We have the power to change all that for ourselves. We have the power to take the stress off of us. We have the power to make different choices in our lives. And no matter what these articles, excuse me, no matter what these articles say, no matter what the media says, we can detox our lives. We can detox our lives by the music we listen to. We can detox our lives by the television shows that we watch, the movies that we watch. All of that stuff, all of that stuff is vibrational. And it can put you in a space of being susceptible to all of these things that are not good for us. And people are so focused on food. We need to be just as focused on our environment and the people we surround ourselves with. Some people got to let go. They've been your friend for 30 years, but sometimes you let it go I'm not going to sing, but the song from Frozen, Let It Go. Some men you got to let go of. Some jobs you got to let go of. There's a, the Black Women Thrive series. There's three women that I talked to. One of them was Dorothy Enriquez, who is from her... Oh my God, I don't remember. This is what happens when I record podcasts late at night. My brain goes down with the sun and I'm trying to go into slow mode when the sun goes down. It's just better for our bodies. But Anyway, she's lived all over the world, and she's settled in America. And she ended up leaving her corporate job because she didn't feel that it was a good space for her. And she ended up leaving her corporate job, and then making a mission to make C suites better spaces for women. So she, one percent of the of people in C suites are women, and she her goal is her mission is to bump it up to two percent. I'm just like, gosh, 2% is such a huge jump, but it just doesn't seem like a lot. But that's her mission. And then Dr. Monica Ogando, she left her corporate job, her firm job. She was in the finances, finance industry. And then she left, started her own company, and then turned her job into a client. Great story. And then Stephanie Perry has the Exodus Summit and the House Sitter School. So she teaches Black women how to have sabbaticals and to live overseas and to move overseas because there's a big movement of Black women that are just like, we're done with America. Like, there's got to be a better way. And they're finding better ways. They're finding homes in other countries that are more welcoming to us. And you know what? She right. (laughs) This country will have you think that other countries hate us, and it is just not true. But I say all that to say, listen to the podcast episodes, allow yourself to see, hear what they're saying, and then allow yourself to reimagine your own life, you know, in a way that brings you joy and wholeness and fullness. And it's not just about the food we eat. Our environment is just as important. It's not about the clothes that we wear. It's about how we feel when we walk outside the door. It needs to be just as beautiful as when we're on the inside of the door, behind closed doors. All of those places need to be beautiful. I know for some people, it's harder behind the closed door than it is outside. And that also can change. We have the power to do that. So think about it, dream about it, visualize it, write it down. I also created a self-discovery journal. If you're like, I don't know where to get started. It's called Self. And if you go to my Instagram page, Monica Wisdom, or the Black Women Amplified Instagram page or the Black Women Amplified Facebook page, the link is there. I think I'm going to put it in my bio, but I believe the address is www.monicawisdomhq.com backslash selfjournal. And you can, it's a printable journal. You can download it and you get to writing. And I'm saying, I tell everybody, just turn at disconnect for 20 minutes and get pen, paper, your favorite beverage, and just start writing. And it's a guided journal, which means there are, I don't know how many prompts, but it's 44 pages. And there's, I think, seven pages of affirmations that you can print out and put around your house. Because I definitely believe in the power of affirmations. I think it changes our brain. I also think that answering these questions pen to paper, you kind of go into a little bit of a trance. If you turn everything off, turn your phone off, turn your computer off, find someplace quiet, light a candle, do your sage and get you a glass of whatever you like and just sit there with yourself and have a conversation with yourself and answer the questions with your whole heart and just tell yourself the truth. And then you, if, you know, you get through it and you're like, oh. need to do that again. Print off some more sheets and do it again and do it until you feel clear about your next move. And then what else you want to do is you want to make sure that when you get up in the mornings, have a ritual for yourself. Don't just, and I'm guilty of this, don't just get up and hop on your phone and check all the things, the news. Get up in the morning to some great music, not hip hop, but symphony music, meditation music, jazz, indie, i read any of those things that just really put you in a good space and then journal and then read something beautiful. For some people it's the bibles, for some people it's a it's an affirmation book, whatever it is for you. Make yourself a morning ritual so that when you walk when you wake up and walk through your day, you're walking into you're creating the energy of beauty for your life. So I say, I say this because I love Black women so much and we deserve to live amazing lives. And what I have discovered in my years is that the amazing life that we want to have, we, we're going to have to create because nobody's coming to save us but each other. So thank you for listening to the Black Women Amplified podcast. I am Monica Wisdom your sister in all of this. Please go to the show notes and support our partners if you are a tea drinker. Buddha Tea is my tea of choice. The flavors are fragrant and delicious. And also, yeah, get the journal. Download it and start doing the work. And when you download it, take a picture of it and send it to me on the back channel of Instagram. I would love to see you working and doing the work. I, I just realized, I know that. Once we get to know ourselves better, we'll be better to ourselves. So I'm out sending you love and light and good vibrations. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining.